right now on the Ringer Gambling Feed and all throughout the entire month of August, the East Coast Bias Boys are getting you ready to bet the NFL this season. We're going through each and every single division and revealing our favorite futures, predicting division winners, and even giving you some award winners. Do we think the Kansas City Chiefs will repeat or will they be dethroned? Tune in now to find out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck and we have updated rankings out at fantasyfootball.thereer.com. 200 players, upsides, downsides, bottom lines, a magic eight ball. No, sorry, just an eight ball. A ringer eight ringer ball. Ringer ball. Ringer ball. So a non-trademarked ball that, that gives you <laughs> random sentences. Magic answers. Magic yes. responses. Fantasyfootball.thereer.com. Also, programming note, we are now coming to you three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So, boom! It's training camp time, baby. A ton has happened. The Today, Hall of Fame game is this week. Hall of Fame game. Hall foot. There was a the, football the, the, game. AKA this week. the Josh Jacobs game is this week. <laughs> the Josh Jacobs Bowl. Yeah. We've got our running back tiers today. Yeah. We've got quarterback tiers. This is our previous episode. We've got obviously the other positions coming up. So, we're going to go three days a week. We're going to get into all the running back tiers. Tears as a concept, a bunch of arguments, everything. But first, some news. So much has happened since our last episode. You can tell 32 training camps are going now. Mm. Uh, starting with the big one. Joe Burrow yeah. injured his calf. In a weird way, this isn't as bad because if you saw the video between the diagnosis, you were like, oh, my God, is this like his Achilles or like right. is this whatever, like a knee? So it's not that it's not bad. But when I just saw... Adam Schefter, Joe Burrow down at practice, non-contact. I was like, oh, he's done for the season. It is a calf injury, but I get, I'm get i getting Kevin Durant uh, vibes here. I don't know if you remember when Kevin Durant tore his Achilles in 2019, uh, he hurt his calf in the playoffs and then missed like three to four weeks, kind of rushed it back, Craig, and then tore his Achilles. Don't I'm just put saying, this oh into the freaking ether. Craig. I'm just saying, don't rush, don't rush him back. I see reports that are like, should be fine by week one. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this. I don't like that at all, Craig. I don't like that at all. <laughs> well, so we're Monday afternoon. Maybe I'm wrong, but as of yet, I've yet to see, they haven't said how bad the calf strain is. Like what kind of grade it is. Like that matters to us. Well, it does though. So Stefania Bell had a good breakdown at ESPN that basically explained it for Dumbos. And basically there's like grade us. one, which yeah. is not that bad. I think it's like DEFCON where it goes up or up is mm. worse. I don't know. Grade one is the best scenario where it's just like, basically it hurts. Grade two is like a slight tear, which means, you know, multiple weeks. Grade three means a complete tear of the calf muscle, which is like multiple months, but also obviously structure like it's structurally harder. And then also the more torn it is, the less Joe Burrow can do. And apparently the problem with calf injuries is when to return because and that's the Durant thing, actually, Craig, that you mentioned is when do you come back from a calf injury? And I'm just going to quote Stefania Bell because I thought it was really interesting. 
Calf injuries are challenging to determine when to cut back to full health because athletes will often feel fine walking around, even jogging or running, while also demonstrating an ability to land and push off without discomfort. And yet, when they attempt to return to peak loads, explosive movements, top acceleration, or even sustained sports activity, symptoms could return. In fact, re-injury rates following calf strains in athletes are reported in sports medicine literature for anywhere from 19 to 31%. Yeah. I know it always sucks to boil this down to like, so what do we do with him in fantasy football? But that is what the show is about. And he's now, he's this is like the weirdest spot to be in when you're considering drafting Joe Burrow. What do you do? How much do we drop him? Is he still a top five quarterback? I, I mean, just, I mean, I guess this is basically now just revisiting the quarterback tiers where we left off. But if yeah. we were talking about whether he should be ahead of Lamar and Fields, it's, you kind of automatically have to drop him to sixth at the lowest. Her, he, I, I think he's no lower than, um, He's probably with Herbert Ninth? Lawrence now. Yeah, he's probably now with Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence now. And probably <laughs> maybe even below those guys, depending. We'll see if he comes mm. back. It's funny, he also never plays this month anyway, because his rookie season was the pandemic, so there wasn't really a training camp. Second year, he's recovering from an ACL. I think he took three snaps in the preseason. Last year, he had the emergency appendectomy. Do you remember that? Oh, On right. the same yeah. date, a year early. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty crazy. So... Hopefully, we're not going to see Jake Browning and Trevor Simeon as Bengals quarterbacks this year. Maybe he just hates practice. I mean, that's valid. Uh, by the way, you mentioned this, Heifetz. DEFCON. De the DEFCON grade system, it's yeah. like people get it mixed up because they say, oh, DEFCON 5. Like, oh, that's the big emergency. DEFCON 5 is actually the lowest rate. Oh. Like, it's like, doesn't mean, it means it's the least alarming. So, yeah, it, it means lowest state of readiness, according to the government or whatever, the Department of Defense. Okay. DEFCON 1 means nuclear war is imminent or has already begun. <laughs> so, so you're saying it wrong, probably, most people, because everyone says, oh my God, we've hit DEFCON 5. Well, that's nothing. Oh, interesting. I Defcon just saw Oppenheimer. Is, I don't yeah. think they mentioned DEFCON and Oppenheimer. Yeah, DEFCON was probably invented in like the 80s or something. I don't know. Uh, also, relatedly, I think Jamar Chase has to drop a little bit. We'll see how much, but at the very least, it's like Justin Jefferson is now clear number one. I think J Jamar Chase is now just with Tyreek Hill and... Cooper Cup with my quarterback now has something where I won't be surprised if they miss a month in their little elite receiver. Do you group. guys know the backup quarterback for the Bengals? Trevor, Trevor Simeon. Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Touchdown, you know Trevor. What, you, you know what's crazy is Trevor Simeon, I think, has started like 40 NFL games. Which he was I find good like, for like a, a half a season there. Yeah, he had his little Brock Purdy moment. <laughs> had to get the Purdy thing in there. <laughs> Simeon never had a cult. Okay, next up here. While we're on crazy stories, dude, there's so much has happened. Uh, we recorded our last episode on Thursday, and we just kind of left off on the world was like, oh, running backs aren't getting paid, but Saquon signed this little sugar on top, so he's going to show up, and Josh Jacobs is mad. And that was it. Jonathan Taylor tweeted, since we last recorded our episode, let me see if I can get all this right. But basically, Jonathan Taylor with the running back for the Colts is in the most contentious contract negotiation I've seen in either Defcon since or maybe since Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, this is DEFCON 3. It's bad. But just since Thursday, let's get this. Let me see if I get this right. So Jonathan Taylor not been practicing for the Colts, and he wants a new contract. Jim Irsay, the owner of the Colts, invites Jonathan Taylor to his bus to talk. Doesn't go well. <laughs> who allowed that to happen? Super normal <laughs> man, Jim Irsay. <laughs> Guy who, again, reportedly, possibly was in the bathroom at Josh McDaniel's house for an hour while he was trying kind to get Kind of a real-life Dumb and Dumber situation. Do you, do you guys remember Braveheart when they're, like, on the battlefield and 
they're like the, the leader guys are meeting in the middle of the field and they're trying to negotiate like a piece so everybody can go home. And then like uh, Mel Gibson goes out there. He's like, I'm going to go start a war or whatever. And he just like fucks with them. <laughs> this is like the equivalent of letting Jonathan Taylor get on that fucking bus. Like that was like immediately. What, what are we thinking is going to happen here? I, I, it's the yeah, beginning of I, the war. It's the killing of Archduke Ferdinand. That's what that was. <laughs> God, dude. Oh, what possibly good could come from that? Jonathan Taylor gets off the bus request to trade, which I think is hilarious. Jim Irsay pulls a Kyle Shanahan and basically says, tries to justify it, says, if I, this is like a quote, if I, Jim Irsay, owner of the Colts, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. We know that. The National Football League rolls on. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes. It's a privilege to be a part of it. Eat Arby's. Uh, What's I that? mean, on one hand, this is like literally correct. And on the other hand, probably a pretty bad thing to tell an employee. It's kind of a flex, though, to say that even about himself. He's like, fuck it. Yeah. I don't matter either. <laughs> What's that quote? It's like the graveyards are filled with the most successful men or something like that. Yeah, there you go. I've never heard that one, but I like it, Craig. Uh, me neither. Oh, is, you don't know that? Is that like a Mm-mm. Dewey Cox? I don't know who said it's that. Like, anyway. It's like uh, it's a Charles de Gaulle quote. It says, uh, graveyards are full of indispensable men or something. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. He sent a lot of guys to war. Okay. Whatever. ESPN then reports. I mean, he didn't send them. After- <laughs> I think Hitler That's had more to do yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. Touche. Touche. He's French. He's French. Oh, nice. <laughs> anyway, so Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> the Colts then, once he requests a trade, the Colts say, well, Jonathan Taylor isn't practicing due to a back injury. We've determined the back injury was a, quote, non-football injury, so we might not pay a salary. That's what ESPN reports. The Colts just might not pay him. Dude. Jonathan Taylor then tweets, never had a back pain, never reported back pain. Not sure who the sources are, but find new ones. Hi, Vince. I know that you don't like to break down training camp videos. You're a big, staunch disbeliever in breaking down training camp videos. However, yep. did you see the video of Jonathan Taylor wobbling around at practice today? Like He looks like... <laughs> He, he looks like an old man who just woke up. That's heading exactly down the what stairs. I was going to say, Craig. Uh, as someone who has chronic lower back problems, he looks exactly, exactly like me when I wake up and get out of bed. And I'm like trying to bend over to like pick up my pants. Like I just, it's like you can't it's, move. It's Your like he's waiting tight. for the icy hot patch to kick in. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. He looks like he's 40 years old and he played 27 <laughs> holes of golf at a bachelor party and is like waking up after a red eye. <laughs> it's yeah, not was, great. He didn't look spry. Put it and that like way. he, he and, and he was in sweats. Like on, he was just in sweats, standing on the field, just like walking around, and did not look good. Well, there's a video of Jonathan Taylor walking, and but there's all these running backs, and I'm like, where's his? Where I don't see his jersey. Where is he? And I'm like, oh my god, he's that old man. I thought he was like a coach at first. <laughs> yes. I didn't realize that that was him. I thought the same thing. No, yeah. I was like, I don't see him on the field. And I was like, oh, he's the guy not, not in pads and a jersey. Of course. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I saw that. I'm like, no wonder they don't want to freaking pay this guy. Yeah, so they don't oh have to God. pay him. If they put him on that list with the NPI list or whatever, they can withhold his salary. But then if you're wondering why he's not practice, Zach Moss, one of the Colts' back running backs, breaks his arm at practice Monday, so that's six weeks. Hello, Dalvin Cook. Look, this is going to be like Leonard Fournette or Ezekiel Elliott leverage yes. right here. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to ask something. I was thinking about this this morning, guys, and you answer me this. Do you think Lenny or Zeke are going to feel like scabs coming in when like they sign for some team who's got their running back holding out or like, Oh, I like more this. Money. This is like, like right now in, in Hollywood, like there, there's these interim agreements that, that producers can sign to allow actors to act in their films. Mm-hmm. 
And and some actors are like, I'm not doing that. That makes me a scab. And other actors are like, hey, I'm getting paid by an independent producer. Like, what's the big deal? It's kind of the same thing. Right. Like, are they going to feel like they're breaking picket lines by signing with these teams that are just like refusing to pay their their star running backs? I think be, based on how little running backs get paid anyway, I think Ezekiel Elliott and Leonard Fournette are going to take the paycheck if they can get it. I don't think they're going to consider themselves scabs. I feel like you take the job. Next man up, you know? It's not yeah. even I mean, just about so. the money for those guys. It's about, I mean, Fournette was a top five pick, right? Zeke was a top five pick who was getting paid as a star running back for like the biggest team in America. At some point, like that's who you are. They're 20. They're, I mean, they're younger than us, Craig. The idea, If they don't play, they're done. Like, right. it's not just about the money. It's like, oh, so you're retired. You're no longer a football player. That's a past tense thing. Like at some point, they want to play. It, it, you know, the opportunity to play is pretty hard to turn down. What do we think is going to happen with Taylor here? Are you guys thinking he's I think he's, he's like going to play, man. I think the larger problem for fan, like we could get into the contract stuff, the running back value. I For fantasy stuff, it's important to remember that half the problem here is Jonathan Taylor injured his ankle in week four, came back, re-injured the ankle. He didn't look like himself last year. I mean, frankly, like wasn't fantastic. I think he also required, like when he called said an elite offensive line, he was elite. When they didn't, he wasn't. I don't, I just don't love Jonathan Taylor. I think this is bad vibes, but I think he's going to play. Like he's going to play. He's going to show up from our point of view. So we've got him in half a year. We have him ranked 11th. We got to move him down, right? Like there's no way we can yes. keep him there. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I just assumed that this was a fake, not fake. That's unfair. But I kind of thought a back injury is what you do when you have a contract issue. Jalen Ramsey had a back issue with the Jaguars when he wanted to trade. Like sometimes a back, they're like, oh, my back. We'll, we'll see. I don't want to extrapolate too much from one video, but I kind of do actually think Jonathan Taylor's back is messed up. <laughs> like I kind of do like, want to extrapolate a based on one video. Actually. I do, I, that yes. second video I do think was extremely accurate <laughs> and completely foolproof, even though I have no idea. Yeah. I, I got to say, depending on when your draft is, if you draft in like a week and you're like one of those groups that for some reason can only draft in early August, you could get a real discount on Joe Burrow and Jonathan Taylor. You get them for probably half price. And if they end up being healthy playing, you get a real steal. Oh, I just remembered something. This is important. So obviously athletes, if you ever like were on a college campus, you remember this. Sometimes the athletes like like they walk really slow because they're, you know, in pain from all the physical. Oh, yeah. And the they got the Nike slides on and they're kind of just lumbering forward. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you know who actually also walked exactly like Jonathan Taylor did in that video all the time? Uh, Todd Gurley. Mm. Yikes. Not great. That's how Todd Gurley walked. How old do you guys think Todd Gurley is? 26. 27. 26. I Venmo DK for the bet, Craig. <laughs> He's 20. You did? He's 28. Yeah, if it's out of the blue, just Venmoed me a hundred bucks. <laughs> I saw ESPN remove Todd Gurley from the player pool, and they keep dudes in there after like two years of retirement. And I was so like, Todd oh my Gurley God, I think is I lost. born Todd Gurley is born August 3rd, 1994, and I'm born August 2nd, 1994. So Todd Gurley is literally only one day younger than me. <laughs> Crazy. Maybe we could get him as an intern. It's not too late. My knees feel great. Knock on wood. Yeah, All right. Uh, speaking of which, Tim Bro Tim Patrick, receiver for the Broncos. Huge, like, we love Tim Patrick. Was mm. a huge sleeper last year uh, towards ACL. Last training yeah. camp. I was actually there towards training uh, ACL training camp in Denver. Comes back this year towards Achilles today on Monday. That is absolutely brutal. Sucks. Um, yeah. It really yeah. sucks. And, and he's not, he's, you know, he's 29 years old. Yeah. yeah. He's so unfortunately, Tim Patrick is, you know, if he even makes yeah. it back to the NFL at all, it's pretty impressive at this point. So that sucks for Tim Patrick. So sorry for him. It does help in front from a fantasy point of view. It does help us kind of like figure out 
the Broncos passing game a little bit more, right? Because there, there had been some indications like he could end up being the highest scoring receiver on that team, you know, like out of nowhere. Um, but now I feel like Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton kind of solidified. They're probably not going to trade Sutton now. I would assume. Yeah. Fantasy is so funny. It's, it's fucked I up just, by now. No, but, but it, you know, it is what it is. We're playing fantasy football. It is funny. Just like your mind, maybe 10 seconds in is like, man, that's, that's awful. So Jerry Judy, though, probably, right? <laughs> well, the craziest idea anyone, like the craziest idea anyone's ever emailed us where I'm like, I can see a world where this would happen was someone emailed us once. <laughs> you know how they have high frequency trading on Wall Street? Yeah. Yeah. Someone, um, someone suggest someone was watching a game. I think this was last year and Cooper Cup went down and someone turns to their friend who had Cooper Cup on the team is like, I'll give you Jerry Judy for Cooper Cup right now. <laughs> but you have to say yes. Just And it was like, it's. High frequency insurance, but like while the guy's writhing on the ground, and I'm like, this is <laughs> fucked up. This shouldn't be allowed. But I'm kind of fascinated by this idea. Yeah, well, it's it's we're all just it's leeches, all <laughs> yeah, parasites, <laughs> bad people. I don't know. Anyway, running back tears. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right. So tears and fears, and again, the point of tears is when you're drafting at the end of the day. Um, big seek. So we have our rankings. We have our t- again fantasyfootball.com. Top 200. And I would describe the difference between rankings and tiers as this. Rankings, to some degree, a small degree, not completely bullshit, but when we have a guy 150th and 151st, I don't know, man. They're the same. You could flip them. We, <laughs> we're joking about this, but it's the truth. We have Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence back to back. Because we don't know, man. Tiers are the buckets where we feel really strongly that these group of guys, the order within this tier, we this is the order we like, but we don't know. Like one guy could finish ahead, but we'd be really surprised if the guys from the tier jump the guys in the tier above them. That's the way I think of it. It's like the buckets, you can change the order however you want, but these tiers are kind of solid. Like these tier, you should not be reaching for someone past if, in a lower tier if someone in a higher tier is available. So with that said, I'm going to run through these tiers and then you guys can... Yell at me if you disagree. Yeah, we're going to kind of like put them together on the fly here. Yeah, argue about the fringes. Okay. So tier one, which I'm going to just define as running backs you can draft first and no one's going to think it's weird, which is just mm. Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers and Austin Eckler for the Chargers. I assume we have no qualms here. No. No qualms. Tier two, I have a time traveler comes to you from the future and tells you these are the number one running backs this year and you're like not that surprised. And I have Bijan Robinson for the Falcons and Nick Chubb for the Browns. I think Saquon is, is here too. Saquon, that's fair. Saquon, we have ranked surprised fifth. If, I feel like I've yeah. lost a lot of my confidence in Saquon over the years. He, he was great last year. He was fantastic last year. He was. He scored fifteen point nine half PBR points per game, which is fifth. Yeah, he was like yeah, fine. fifth he was like this year. Solid. <laughs> I don't know. I fifth just like, out of all fifth? the running backs. <laughs> I'm just saying like relative to (laughs) his reputation, relative to his reputation, you know what I mean? Like, can we just just say fifth is something you say if you're being negative and top five relative to his reputation. What is his reputation that he needs to finish top two? Yes. (laughs) Saquon Barkley. The brand name Saquon is, Uh, is, should be, he should be higher than fifth. I feel like, I don't know. So you know, that would suck if, if that was a James pro- Robinson. That's like Bill Simmons coming to us and giving us a performance review at the end of the year for our pod. And we're like, dude, we were the sixth biggest football pod of the year. He's like, well. <laughs> no, man. this is the Warriors are not a dynasty take. Yes, it is. Which I vehemently <laughs> disagree with. 
Based on what? Anyway, Saquon, I kind of cheated here. I had him in uh, tier three, which is disgruntled contract year running backs. Sure. Because we happen to rank all of them next to each other. But I, I think it's the right order. We have Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, and Tony Pollard. Now, I feel like it's cheating because my question for you is, how do we separate these guys? And I wasn't sure who should move up and who should move down. Because I don't think it's unfair to group these guys together. It's funny to have Derek Henry next to Tony Pollard. I think of them as opposite players. <laughs> but what leaps out to you about this group of Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Henry, and Tony Pollard? Derek Henry jumps out to me. Him being in this tier and him being... 17th on our rankings, the eighth running back and him being in tier two with Tony Pollard is both. It's like cognitive dissonance. Like I, I both completely understand it and also don't at all. <laughs> Derek, I'm, I, I think I'm now, I haven't drafted him once in my entire life. He's never been on a team of mine. I'm pretty sure. And I don't know why I, I missed out on him in the first years when he was like sexy and coming up. And now for the last three years, I'm like, he's old. I'm yeah. Out. And every year, except that one year he got hurt for the last eight games. Every year he, he you know, proves me wrong. Last year, Derrick Henry was talking about you're disappointed in Saquon being fifth. Derrick Henry was third. Yeah. He was the third best <laughs> running back in fantasy. He scored like 0.5 less points than Christian McCaffrey yeah. per game. Nobody gives a shit just because he's 28 years old. Well, not just that. Our issue with Derrick Henry was always that he didn't catch passes. He had career high receiving last year. He almost doubled his career high receiving. And he also had the second most total yards of his career. Also, he had the most he he had the league high 23.9 touches per game. He was touching the ball more than any other running back. Last he had year. 400 receiving yards last year. So to be clear, if he plays like I think the answer is the same as it has been for three years, which is, yeah, if he plays, he'll be really good. And also there's a chance that he's going to fall off the cliff this year and you're going to be the one holding the back. It makes no sense that he's not in the in the tier with Nick Chubb and well, here, Robinson, here's the in thing. my opinion, in my it, humble opinion. I I have been saying a lot that Travis Kelsey, because Travis Kelsey and Henry, I think it's very similar arguments, right? Where like the only thing is age. Other than that, they've been immaculate. My thing with Kelsey is, hasn't missed a game in a decade for health, and there's been no decline whatsoever, and he's still the absolute best at what he does, and he's with an all-time generation. Derrick Henry's had one season where he's missed games in the last five. Yes. my my. Here are the differences with Henry, because part <laughs> of me is wondering, like, why isn't it the same thing? Why shouldn't we move him up? Why is Derrick Henry not? And I think that the difference to me is, I think Derrick Henry has actually declined as a player in a noticeable way, whereas Kelsey's not. Yeah. yeah. My, my, my response to that worse. is, like, it doesn't matter. Well, that's the thing. So the thing with Derrick Henry is, he's not, like, those, like, 90 yard runs like the thing where Derrick Henry, you know, once every few weeks just breaks off a 90 yard run, stiffs arms a guy and just goes for a touchdown. He hasn't done that as much like that. Like the reality is he's been doing volume. He's not as explosive. He, I think he has lost that last gear and he's been doing it on volume, but he's less efficient. Like Bill Barnwell has like has nailed this. But basically 2020 and 2019, Derrick Henry had like 500 rushing yards over expectation in the last two years combined. He had like 100. So like yeah a fifth a DK's favorite number five, but the also like he's the, <laughs> he's basically the third oldest running back in football. And that's what we're talking about here. The only guys older than Derrick Henry, like Latavius Murray, who I'm not really going to count. I don't know if he's going to make the bills Cordell Patterson. He's not really a running back. The only guys really older than Derrick Henry. We even expect to play a Raheem Mostert and Jarek McKinnon. Mm. Like that's it. He's basically yeah. the third oldest running back in football. That's fine, but it's not like we're in uncharted territory here. I mean, there have been plenty of running backs who have succeeded at 29 years old. He's not 34 years old. You know, Derrick Henry had more receiving yards per game last year than Saquon Barkley. 
Like we should just we I feel like just looking at our funny. rankings, we should just switch Henry and Jonathan Taylor at this and point. And it's it look, it's it's not like he's yeah. averaging three point five yards a carry. He's not like Fournette where they're kind of forcing you to him. He averaged four and a half yards a carry last year. Like that is perfectly fine. And some of his best games last year were with Malik Willis and Josh Dobbs. So and I think the offensive line got better this offseason. And Tannehill and, and Will Levis are probably going to be a better combination than what they had last year with Dobbs and Malik. So I'm like, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I want to go back to 2019. Craig is telling people not to buy an at Derrick Henry because he's old now and tell him in 2023, Craig's <laughs> going to be like, why is no one buying Derrick Henry? Look, the most important part about growing up is, is learning from your mistakes. And I, I, am I going to draft him? Still probably not because I'm an idiot, but <laughs> I am like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. He, he's probably just going to do the same thing. He had 1900 yards last year and 13 touchdowns <laughs> and he's healthy. <laughs> he should be above Josh Jacobs. And well, he should no, be above swapping Jonathan him and Jonathan Taylor, Taylor what Deacon just said. These rankings sound better up. to me. Yeah, yeah. McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, Nick Chubb, Saquon, uh, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Tony Pollard. Yeah. I like that better. Yeah, I'm I'm doing it. I'm I'm moving him right Let's now. We're gonna get it updated whenever, and that's gonna be the thing. Tractor Cito like is back to a fringe first rounder. <laughs> I like that. Hey, speaking of Tractor Cito, while we were talking, I looked up Trevor Simeon on PFR just to go back to what we were talking about earlier. I it's a website to... called Pro Football Reference for people who aren't sorry, know, just yes. doing a full day. They do, they have never before heard of nicknames for court, for like every player in the NFL, and the, the Tractor Cito thing reminded me. Can you guys guess Trevor Simeon's nicknames on Pro Football Reference? Noodle Touchdown, arm. Trevor. <laughs> T-Money Sizzle, T-Money Wiggle, or T-Dot. These are AI generated. Th that's never happened. No one's ever called him any of those names. Isn't T-Dot anyway, T-Money Sizzle? Wait. No, we T can find T-Money Wiggle. That. We'll find. Isn't T-Dot people call the city of Toronto? I don't know. Well, Wow, this is T-Dot. T-Money Sizzle is from Saints wide receiver Benny Fowler called Trevor Simeon T-Dot Sizzle. Does Benny Fowler get to nickname a quarterback? <laughs> Well, I guess Trevor Simeon, yeah. Craig, yes, T Dot is the city of Toronto nickname. Yeah. And I was there I just checked. He's not Canadian. Otherwise, that would have been cool. Also, I I learned recently that everyone all Americans say Toronto wrong. Yeah, this isn't it like Toronto? French. Yeah, you're not supposed like to say Toronto. Yeah. Anyway. To, see, my New York accent for once is right. Toronto? I think that's close. I don't I actually don't remember exactly how you're supposed to say it, but not Toronto. Yeah, just an absolute banner day for international knowledge on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> Tier four. Uh, I, I'm, I'm defining this as running backs who, like with sex appeal, guys who are like could be really good in fantasy this year. But if a time traveler came back and told you this guy was the number one running back this year, you'd be a little surprised and you'd probably have a bunch of questions. Yeah, you'd be like, what? Yeah, I don't know if you're really a time traveler or maybe you're just crazy. Yeah. Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots at 10. We've got Joe Mixon for the Bengals at 11. Najee Harris for the Steelers at 12. Travis Etienne for the uh, Jaguars at 13. Brees Hall for the Jets at 14. Kenneth Walker for the Seahawks at 15. Jameer mm. Gibbs at 16. Aaron Jones at 17. Kenneth this Walker leaps tier. off the page. Kenneth, Yeah, it is. It's, I think this all makes sense, but Kenneth Walker for the Seahawks. Kenneth Walker is now week to week with a groin injury. And then his backup, Zach Charbonnet, the other second rounder they drafted this year, has now missed two practices in a row with a shoulder injury. So what the hell do we do with the Seahawks? Why are the Seahawks running backs always freaking hurt, TK? Kenny McIntosh time, baby. DJ Dallas. Uh, yeah, that's not great. It's definitely not good for Charbonnet in particular because like he's just getting into the team. You know, this is pretty important time in terms of being on the field and like learning everything. So missing time right now is tough. That happened. If you if you go back to like Rashad Penny, when he started with the Seahawks, I believe he broke his finger like right before training camp or in training camp. And 
just throws your like career arc off off kilter for like a while. It feels like when you have these early injuries. So it sucks for Charbonnet. The I will say Pete Carroll, it's impossible or like he never says anything. You can't trust what he says about injuries ever. He, however, he did say is basically but this like time. Little, well, I'm, here's what he said. It was like, he, and I'm paraphrasing. He was like, "It's a little tweak. We're just being extra cautious with it. It's not a big deal. Like we're just not letting. We just don't." I'd love hit. a coach to say it's a huge deal. We're terrified. When when Carol says uh, it's a pretty significant injury or like it's legit, like he uses the word legit, that means like your career might be over. Um, he did not use this with either of these guys for as far as what I do you mean remember, legit like a legit injury or they're legit no, if he back, says the like, word legit yeah like he said like a couple times oh, yeah, that's pretty legit injury like that's bad well that's like his tell <laughs> yeah um, it's the oreos and rounders but it's for pete carroll saying legit <laughs> i think so I, can, I might be misremembering but seahawk fans hit me up if whatever is his tell is but yeah um it sounds like this like kenneth walker thing is just precautionary that the charbonnet thing is a little more worrisome um but yeah, it's not great for the Seahawks. Like this definitely like makes both of those guys a little bit more questionable. Groin injuries, I don't like those. Like those are those seem to be like really finicky and come back really frequently. Yeah, I mean that's why Pete Carroll said it's important to keep him keep him out because they don't want it to re-injure later. And it's like it's the kind of thing like when you have a guy who's tweaked his groin, you're like, oh great, out for three weeks, and then he comes back. It can like it's just I don't know. Running backs have to use their freaking legs. Yeah, also, tough. the entire thing with Kenneth Walker is being explosive. You don't want him to have leg injuries. So that, and then combine that with Brees Hall for the Jets, it sounds like the Jets are going to maybe sign Dalvin Cook. We'll see. Aaron Rodgers gave back $35 million, which is insane. Um, but basically, sounds like he wishes he could have Devontae Adams back, but he'll settle for Dalvin Cook. We don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. But I think between the fact that it seems like they're waiting to sign Dalvin Cook and Hard Knocks, the Jets wanted Jameer Gibbs in the draft. I am ready to just take the what's out of frame here as the Jets don't think Brees Hall is going to be as healthy or ready for a workload as we all do. And I kind of feel like you have to move Brees Hall down. Even if they didn't sign Dalvin Cook, the fact that they're talking about it to me when they already have a decent depth chart at running back, like I don't think they're envisioning the same workload for Brees Hall. So yeah. I, I don't know. Like if, if the Jets do sign Dalvin Cook, are we really going to keep Brees Hall in this, in this freaking tier? I've, I've been saying, I think all along, like it just feels like Brees Hall is too high. I don't. I, I understand that like his knee injury was less severe and less like tr- problematic in terms of like the number of ligaments and the way that it was ripped off or whatever. Like his injury is not as bad as some of these other guys, like the Javante Williams or J.K. Dobbins style injuries where you're pulling multiple in- ligaments and tearing your quad, like J.K. Dobbins did. However, I still am like there's a pretty strong chance this is going to like affect his ability to cut and change direction. He's running 23 miles an hour. I don't care. That's straightforward. Like. Running backs yeah, exactly. have to turn. <laughs> running backs have to like plant their foot and like turn. You know what I mean? Which is the reason it's you have an ACL. <laughs> it's so I don't know. To, he's always looked to me, and I and if you look at our like individual rankings, I've got him quite a bit lower than you guys. It just I don't know. I, I just don't have great feel for it, um, and I, I don't like it. It feels too high. Like it feels like a big gamble that high, especially with all the other stuff that's kind of happening with the Jets right now. This tier in general feels like you should give the bottom half of it to the tier below and the top half to the tier above. It almost feels like you could just disappear this tier. Like, I I don't think Ramondre Stevenson and Kenneth Walker should be in the same tier, personally. Mm. That's what's, I think, weird about running back this year. And that's why it's, the quarterback to me was so clear. Running backs this year, it's weirder. So, I mean, McCaffrey and Eckler is really clear. And then that second tier we talked about, Bijan, Nick Chubb, Saquon, that makes sense. 
Derrick Henry, should he be in there? But that's just kind of a litmus test in Derrick Henry. You're kind of like, no, the age. Or like, yeah, he's Derrick Henry. Why would you put him behind freaking Saquon? But then Jonathan Taylor there. I Maybe we just cut it at Jonathan Taylor. But then having jo- like Josh Jacobs should probably be in that tier too. And maybe it's Jonathan Taylor, Tony Pollard, Ramondre, Joe Mixon, Najee, Etienne is like a tier. And then yeah. it's like Brees Hall, Ken Walker, Gibbs, Aaron Jones begins the next group. Yeah, because Brees, Walker, Gibbs, and Aaron Jones are all guys who are kind of like in this like timeshare situation when all the right. guys above him, like Harris and Joe Mixon and Ramondre, are all like three down guys. Yeah. I was going to say that like Ramondre, Mixon, Harris all feel like the same tier to me. They, like they're all similarly styled guys. Like in particular, in theory, they're all going to be quote unquote three down workers for their team. And then I guess ETN, maybe, I don't know. And I would say ETN's like in the next tier down because, you know, last year they used him a lot, but like this year they drafted a guy. It's unclear exactly how that rotation is going to think, uh, shake out. I think ETN and Kenneth Walker have a lot of similarities. And so like, I would put them in the same tier. So I, 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 probably I just have that little short tier of Stevenson, Mixon, Harris. Ramondre, I think, is where we, I feel like we barely talk about Ramondre recently, but basically Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots. Uh, this is from I like him a lot this year. Ramondre, yeah. Liz Lowe's at ESPN had this. Ramondre's the first running back in the history of the New England Patriots to have 200 carries and 50 catches in a single season. So the flip side is he tweaked his knee in the middle of the year. I think they overused him. And I think the reason they keep working at running backs, they worked out Zeke, they worked out Fournette, is I don't think they want to give him that full workload, but he's clearly their best running back. And again, I think that what I think is the similarity between the Patriots and the Jaguars, I don't think I'll say this very much, but upgrade in offense for the Patriots of Bill going from Matt Patricia as the freaking offensive coordinator to Bill O'Brien is going to be to me, even if you know, it's happening, the most underrated thing this year. Like you cannot quantify a fucking real defensive coordinator trying to cosplay as an offensive guy. And now you're getting a guy who's like Bill O'Brien's been doing offense since Matt Patricia was born. That to me is amazing. Even if Patricia had been on the offensive side of the ball, which he wasn't like Bill O'Brien's been doing this forever. That would have been Patricia's first year doing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, experience matters in terms of sequencing and reacting on the fly and, and all that stuff. It's like a very difficult job. So, yeah, I think this is it, it is like the upgrade going from Urban Meyer to uh, Doug Peterson. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The NFL futures are out, and now's the time to get in on the action early this season. And right now, new FanDuel Sportsbook customers can get a $100 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. My family's not very happy with me, but I would recommend betting the under on the Giants' win total this year. Go to the FanDuel Sportsbook app to find more options, tons of different player props like passing yards, touchdowns, rushing, receiving totals, and more. There's also great team markets like who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to win the division, Super Bowl matchups, and you can parlay together different picks for even bigger payouts. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash RingerFantasy and get $100 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL. So don't miss your chance to get $100 in bonus bets, win or lose. 
When you make your first $5 bet, go to FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy to sign up today. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at Sportsbook.FanDuel.com. Okay, so to be clear here, we're going to say time. We're going to basically going to tweak from the top. We've got Eckler and McCaffrey, number one. Tier two, we're going to call. Basically, you wouldn't be surprised if they were number one overall. Bijan, Nick Chubb, Saquon, and Derrick Henry. Are we going to put Derek? Are we going to put Josh Jacobs in that group? I mean, we probably should, right? Yeah, I think that's okay. I think that actually makes sense. All right. So that's seven guys, and then tier three is going to be guys who are basically like, all right. I'd be, I mean, I'd be a little surprised if they were number one overall. And we're going to start that with Jonathan Taylor, Tony Pollard, Ramondre Stevenson, Joe Mixon, Najee, Travis Etienne. I'd say I, I would end it at Najee, personally. Etienne, I understand that he doesn't catch passes as much as he thinks because Etienne's a cool name and you think Etienne would catch passes. However, <laughs> I just think the Jaguars are the team, like the Jaguars seem like the rocket ship team to me. Trevor Lawrence in the third season, which is really like a second year leap under a full off season with Doug Peterson. Like, I, I, this, the Jaguars to me seem like a team where it's like, yeah, but Etienne might just be like this incredibly talented running back on a team that's going to score a shitload. Yeah, but I think to me, again, the the distinction between these two tiers is Najee, Mixon, Stevenson, the guys all above ETN. Those guys don't have what we think are going to be like big, heavy rotations in the backfield. When you get to ETN, Brees Hall, Kenneth, Kenneth Walker, the next three guys, Jameer Gibbs and Aaron Jones, all those guys are in a rotation. 1A, 1B, you know what I mean? Like a, a heavy rotation, probably. So to me, that's the tier is like these guys are super volume. Almost and guaranteed. You, and you don't see Travis Etienne as super volume? Well, I think that there's a qu- big enough question mark, and that's why I've I've comped Etienne and Walker as like sim- very similar t- style players because they both are questionable in the passing game, and both of their teams drafted running backs to ostensibly like do more for for the offense and like take take some pressure off of both of those guys. Um, for for the Jags, it was Tank Bigsby, and, and for the Seahawks, it was Charbonnet. I'm okay to put him in the in the group below. It, that's a hard one for me, and I disagree, but I. Not strong, like because no matter no, no matter how you cut it, that's hard. Like I, that's a really good rationale. Like it's weird for me to separate ETN from Najee when you could argue to me that. But you're right. Like that that really is what we're talking about of talent in a probably reduced work. That's probably yeah. You're probably exactly right. It's like ETN, Brees Hall, Ken Walker, and Gibbs. We're all saying the same thing, which is these guys are really really talented in yeah. a timeshare. Right. So yeah, exactly. okay, that actually makes a ton of sense. I mean, I, and like to be clear, I I love all these guys. Like talent wise, I think all these guys are extremely extremely good. Well, and that's I'm the just irony of it the, is that the all those guys are probably better talent wise than Joe Mixon and Najee Harris. <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah, but seriously. In fantasy, it, you know, running back is about volume more than anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this makes sense. And Aaron Jones is in that tier. I think Aaron Jones is going to be the the Glansberg of the year. There's some hundred oh, percent. Have we even mentioned him at all no. in the last like month? By the way, no. Aaron Jones, like top 15, top 12 running back last year. He was 12th in points per game. Just quietly, just being Seriously. good. Yeah. Um, okay. So tier five. Which Are we officially in the is, dead zone? Is this the dead zone or no? Well, yeah, probably. Because I think that spiritually what the dead zone is, is when you have to like project volume for someone that you don't actually know it's going to shake out. And that's probably how this is, which is tier five. These are like true starting running backs in that they are the starter, but we have questions either about their health whether they're going to hold on to this role, their offense, et cetera. So we have J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens, Damian Pierce for the Texans, 
Cam Akers for the Rams, a.k.a. George Costanza. Miles Sanders for the Panthers. Alex Madison for the Vikings. James Conner for the Cardinals. Rashad White for the Bucks. Yeah, this is tough, too. And, and this in the dead zone, you know, also is in reference to like, you just rather take other positions when you're coming up with these guys in the draft. Like if you're, if you're looking at some of the receivers in this area, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, Drake London, Terry McLaurin, Jerry Judy, Christian Watson, like some of these guys could be superstars. And then instead of taking those in, in terms of fantasy, instead of taking those, you're taking a guy who like Jackie Dobbins, like we don't even know if he's going to even start the year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, these are the guys that these are running backs. I think are the guys that have the loosest, like from our preseason perspective, these are the guys where it's easiest to like transport two months into the season and see how they like went down the down arrow. Like, oh, Alex Madison wasn't actually that good. And the Vikings have like three really weirdly freaky athletic running backs behind him. And like, yeah, it's like it's he's not actually useful. Or like James Conner, like, yeah, the Cardinals are tanking. They don't really care about how their 28 year old running backs doing. They want to like see other. I, I don't know. It's like there's all these yeah. paths to like, you know, oh, yeah, right. They're not in contention. Bucks. I don't. Totally agree, but the Buccaneers are projected by Vegas to have the second fewest points in the entire NFL. I can see Rashad White not doing great with Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield. Like, it's not hard to envision all these, except for Cam Akers, who as long as he keeps trying to quit, will keep getting promoted to more work. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, now he's gaining weight, which is always yeah. a good thing at running back. This is a weird tier. This is a very weird tier. Yeah, these are this is the zero RB tier. This is when you start your draft with like one quarterback, three receivers and a tight end. And now you're like, well, I need a running back. I guess I'll take one of these guys. <laughs> right. Cause they're almost more likely to be starters in real life than they are on your fantasy team. Should JK Dobbins move up, even though he's not actually at practice. Well, okay. If we want to talk Maybe. about ceiling, the ceiling of these, of these running backs, who has the biggest ceiling JK Dobbins, Cam Akers, Miles Sanders. I think the mm. highest ceiling, like if, again, if you're like one of these guys is top 10, I yeah. think it has to be, J.K. Dobbins actually just catching passes from Lamar Jackson right. in a real offense and being like a real running back for a Ravens offense that looks completely different. Or Cam Akers to me on a Rams team where the Rams, the offense is like probably average, but because their defense is so bad, the Rams end up top five in yards, top five in points, top five in everything. And Cam Akers just ends up punching in a bunch of touchdowns because the Rams are just like last year's Vikings or Lions where they're in a shootout every single week. I so I personally I agree with that and then I would add James Conner to this list. I I think I I personally would have Conner above a lot of these guys. But the team but but serious question. How good can he be on a team like Arizona where it's like I it doesn't seem like they're making a serious attempt to try to move the ball in the year of our Lord 2023. This is why tanking is always weird to me in the NFL because number one, there's just not that many games. And number two, all these guys are still trying to put out good tape and they're still trying to play hard. Like even if the organization itself is tanking, like all these players are going to try hard. You know what I mean? And I, to me, I look at it with James Conner, the volume is not guaranteed, of course, but like there's a strong probability he's going to get a ton of volume in this offense because who else do they have? And he's a good player and he's done it before. Uh, I think also Kyler might come back earlier than everyone's like kind of thinking he's going to come back. I think a lot of people have the idea that Kyler's just going to sit out the whole year. Um, but, I, you know, I think he's going to be competitive and come back earlier. And so, I don't know. To me, I, I'm not saying that this offense is going to be good by any means, but I, I still think Connor's going to get a ton of volume. He's going to be involved in the passing game. He's shown the ability to play in the passing game. And I'd rather take him than like a Madison or or an Acres or something. You know, like I just feel comfortable. Really, you'd ra yeah. really, you'd rather have James Conner than this. I don't. I disagree. I'd rather have Madison he's, and Acres. He's just a he's boring, but I think he's going to get a ton of volume in both on the ground and in the passing game. 
Regardless, they're in the right tier together. Yeah. So, okay. So I think we don't actually disagree. Well, I'm not saying I disagree. I'm just saying I think he has a higher ceiling than maybe some of these other guys, but just depends on a lot of stuff. All right. So tier six, I have talented players and or names in good situations, but big question marks. Mm-hmm. So I have David Montgomery, who replaced Jamal Williams in Detroit. So he's, in theory, you know, replacing Jamal Williams, who led the league in rushing touchdowns last year. Uh, but he's playing with Jameer Gibbs. Also, Amon Ross St. Brown was tackled how many times inside the five-yard line? Seven? A lot. A lot. <laughs> so, you know. That's not going to happen Montgomery. Yeah. yeah, we can't just plug in to David Montgomery for, you know, 18 rushing touchdowns. DeAndre Swift is in this tier for the Eagles. Alvin Kamara, who is meeting with Roger Goodell soon and, you know, might get suspended. We'll see. Isaiah Pacheco, who's, you know, was helping the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, but he had labrum and hand surgery. So we don't know where he's at. Dalvin Cook, we don't know where he's going to play. James Cook, Dalvin's brother with the Bills. Brian Robinson for the Washington Commanders and then Rashad Penny, also on the Eagles. I'm glad one of you added Penny up into this tier. Penny was in the tier below and I made a comment saying there's no way you can put him and Swift in different tiers. I think so. I'm I'm looking at this group. I would say obviously Dalvin Cook needs to find a team, so that that is a big question mark. But like otherwise, I, I I think you can all project a pretty solid amount of playing time for all these guys, which is different from what you could say of the next tier. <laughs> I, I don't know. To me, I, I I and I like the talented players, good situations thing too, because like I think David Montgomery is probably underrated here, at least where I would have him. Mm-hmm. And I think the DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, share question is is a legit one and, and how that's going to all shake out that that's the reason that they're lower than maybe they should be or will end up being um so i don't know this this tier actually makes a lot of sense to me i don't have like a ton of notes about it you said it perfectly it's talented players in good situations but you kind of have no idea whether it's their health whether it's their competition how it's going to shake out or it's a, an off the field thing yeah. yeah, these are the players where you're trying to outsmart people. Like, let's be honest. Like, when you're actually in a draft and you're in an auction and you're paying for these guys, like a salary cap league, or you're um, in a draft and you're just like, oh, in the ninth round, I take Alvin Kamara. You know what I mean? Or Isaiah Pacheco, you're like, I have the running back for the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Or like Rashad Penny or Swift, you're like, I'm trying... Like, this is where you're like, I'm trying to hit a home run. Like, I, I have like a 2-0 count and I'm going to try to put this over the fence. It's kind of like desperation drafting. It's like when you you spent like $110 on Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams and you're like, man, I need to make some magic here with, with $8 in round yeah. nine at running back. And you're like, James Cook, this is the year of James this, Cook. That's a good way of framing it, Craig. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, this is your absolute last chance to get an RB2. <laughs> Like if you, if you don't get an RB2 in this range, you are really, there's a lot of question marks going. You're in deep water. Yeah. Yeah. This is the last pay before you have to pray. Right. That's right. What do you guys, I have a question because we haven't talked about this guy at all, but what, what's the vibe on James Cook? I feel like we haven't mentioned his name one time. There's so much camp hype around him. It feels like there always is. What do you do with the bill? Like the bill's backs like are just like have not given us anything lately. You know, do you remember when Patrick Mahomes, they started doing the cup, the too high thing to Patrick Mahomes and a bunch of other quarterbacks and it broke their brain. And like the answer was, well, they're conditioned to throw it deep and be aggressive. And you're like, so check down. And they're like, and you're like, how is this going on for so long? How did this go on for two months where it's like, hey, Pat, check it down. And it's like, because he's hardwired in his his entire life. He got here by being aggressive and doing like the most high leverage possible thing downfield. And that's why he is who he is. That's like the story of Russell Westbrook's career is what you just said. Hyphen. Yes. <laughs> 
just like, hey, Russ, why don't you move without the freaking ball? And it's like, I don't know. He never did. It's like, <laughs> so I look at Josh Allen and you're like, oh, James Cook, in theory, is like a perfect fit for this offense, a dump off option. Like, you know, it, it, like he just like he'd be like an incredible versatile piece for like, I don't know, <laughs> Philip Rivers. He might be a fucking second round pick in fantasy, James Cook. But he plays with Josh Allen. And like, I don't see how they're going to get Josh Allen to check the ball down to James Cook, man. This is this is like a wife buying her husband like cool clothes and like good clothes and nice looking clothes, like well-fitted clothes. And then him just wearing his cargo shorts every day anyway. Like, like he just refuses to put them on. Like he, Josh Allen's just never going to check down. He just refuses to like accept what the coaching staff and what the front office wants him to do. It's a nice shirt, honey. Do I have to iron it? <laughs> Are you speaking from experience as you sit there in <laughs> no. your blue t-shirt? No. Okay. No. I'm just saying, like, I, you know how, like, women try and dress up? They're poorly sure. dressed men. A tale I mean, as old as time. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they just, it just doesn't take. I like they just what refuse I like. to fucking wear, like, good clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, you know there's better coffee out there than Starbucks coffee. I like what I like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com if you know what kind of clothing James Cook is. Stubborn dads. I want I want stubborn dad emails. Yeah, stubborn dads only. Uh, <laughs> you know, every dad has like a t-shirt that has like paint on it, but they wear it around the house. Oh, my dad literally. Hi, um, My dad came over this week or this weekend, and he was telling me about how he's wearing my state tournament shirt from two thousand one. Hell yeah, dad's it's like love that tattered, shit. like falling apart. Literally 22-year-old shirt. He's just wearing it still. Get a new shirt. <laughs> T-shirts like are $7. <laughs> nope. No, they want like oh, they want like their son's old PE shirt. <laughs> it just you just look like a hobo at this point. Like wear a nice shirt. Also, if you are not a stubborn father, email surreallyfantasyfootball@gmail.com. If you got your parents, your dad probably a, a, a very nice Christmas gift or birthday gift that they're like, oh my god, and they just don't use. Um, my brother and I side. got my mom Birkenstocks like two or three years ago, and she just opens them up and she's like, "I'm not wearing these." <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, "Mom, they're cool. They're very comfortable. Like these were these are very popular." She's like, "I remember when they were popular when I like when I was younger, but like I'm not wearing these." <laughs> like, okay. Sticking with her hocus. <laughs> this is the Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm not doing that. James Cook. All right. Tier seven. We have I just guys that might get work. <laughs> Khalil Herbert for the Bears, AJ Dillon for the Packers. We just have the old classic back to back. Javante Williams and Samaji Piran for the Broncos, because who knows? Antonio yeah. Gibson for Washington, Damian Harris for the Bills, Jamal Williams for the Saints now, Deontay Foreman also for the Bears, Zach Charbonnet for the Seahawks. So if these guys get a lot of volume, they could be really good. We'll just like, what's the breakdown of the backfield? Yeah. And that's I feel like it. I like all these guys. I think all these players are good, but it's just unclear exactly how like the volume is going to shake out. Literally today on Twitter, there was word Deontay Foreman was taking snaps ahead of Khalil Herbert in the Chicago backfield. At the end of the day, it might not matter because Justin Fields is going to steal like a hundred and something carries. So I don't know. It, yeah, these are just guys that we're un, we're very uncertain about like the actual volume that's going to happen. AJ Dillon did not look good last year. Javante Williams has an injury. Samaje Pirine, the exact replica of Mike Davis coming uh, in. No, he's not. I love Samaje Pirine. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's not. No, but he's going later. 
That's true. But I'm just saying, like, he's like a veteran that's never really done much. And then we're just projecting volume on him, I guess. So, yeah, like, or, is, is P. Ryan kind of just the same thing as Alexander Madison? I get that you're getting yeah. him for much cheaper, and that's why he's valuable, but that's it, kind of a similar vein. Yeah. I yeah. think he's... A, no, the difference is that... the First of all, so I, what you're saying is basically, like, Samaj Piran filled in for Joe Mixon, and when he did, he was, like, a top-two running back in fantasy. And mm-hmm. then Alex Madison's filled in and been, like, top-10. And so, well, back up with a job now, that means he's good. With Madison, it's like, what, half his games were against the Lions anyway. He's not an explosive guy. I, I, what was the, I forget the exact stat, but he, Madison's like 400 touches or 400 carries and like almost none of them have gone for 20 yards. Like he's just not an explosive guy. I think the difference is Piran actually has like a really good skill set. Um, I, think, I think the difference is Piran's drafted as if Javante Williams is, will be fully healthy. You guys are awkward silences. You guys are like, wow. Well, yeah, isn't that kind of surprises? Yeah. I mean, that's, isn't that kind of what I said? He's just like the same thing, but cheaper. All right. Well, that was really deflating for me. It's okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> He's like off brand Alexander Madison. That's sad. Uh, tier eight, we have hot. I, I just, this is basically handcuffs that won't be useful unless someone gets hurt. Low upside veterans that will maybe have a high floor, but even if someone does get hurt, still wouldn't be that good. And then just total dart throws. These are like, these are just sneaky waiver guys. These are guys like week four, someone's going to pick this guy up and he's going to be a starting running back for like seven weeks. And we don't know who, and we probably can't know who, but Tyler Algier, who if anything happens to Bijan on the Falcons, Tyler Algier was incredible. Devon Literally Chain, put up a when, thousand yards last year. Yeah. Yeah. But just now is behind a, you know, top 10 pick in Bijan. Devon A. Chain for the Dolphins. It's like, he's very small. He's very fast. It's like, it's, if he gets the touches, he can be explosive. Kendra Miller, rookie running back for the Saints. You know, Jamal Williams is old. Kamara is maybe gets suspended. Elijah Mitchell, if McCaffrey gets hurt, Elijah Mitchell would be incredible, but Elijah Mitchell is also injury prone. Devin Singletary is just on the Texans. What are you going to do with that? <laughs> what do I do with that? Jerick McKinnon's on the Chiefs. It's like, you know, the he hit, what, eight rushing receiving touchdowns in the final couple months. It's like, oh, it's been red on the roulette table nine times in a row. I'm just going to put a bunch of money in red. You know, it's, you'll feel dumb. Zeke Elliott, we'll see where he signs. Raheem Mostert for the Dolphins. Jeff Wilson for the Dolphins. Jalen Warren for the Steelers. Like, these are all just, like, Jerome Ford, the guy behind Chubb. Yeah. Yeah. Tank Bigsby behind ETN. Ty Chandler in Minnesota. It's just, these are all, like, just backup guys that we'll probably have better thoughts on as they get into camp. But for right now, people aren't drafting these guys in July right now. Like, is, is there any one of these guys that catches your eye? I think Zeke, if he went to, like, the Chargers and just kind of, like, took goal line work from Eckler something like that could be crazy but or the Buccaneers Zeke has been in he's been in New England the last couple days yeah having dinner and hanging out sounds like he might want to sign in New England that would be would that be good or bad for Ramondre in your guys's view horrific bad I yeah I guess so how could that be good because he's washed (laughs) yeah but he's gonna get all the goal line work he's gonna play he's gonna get goal line touches and block I, I don't know to me, that like it, number one, the fact he's still a free agent says a lot about how the league looks at him. Number two, the last time we saw him, he was pretty slow, pretty washed. But I guess how like can having, it be better my point for is Mondre. my point is having an old washed guy as your backup is actually good for the starter because he's not going to like threaten to take your job. Does that make sense? Like they're always going to rotate guys. I think it depends on the skill set. I think the difference is that Zeke is like. Coaches love Zeke because he does all the little things right. Like he's an incredible mm. blocker. Like he just he's yeah, like a fair. pro's pro with like all the little details. And so that's like, for example, for Andre fumbles, 
Ramon just had some fumbleitis at times. I know. That's the thing. It's God. the Patriots. It's like, you know, it doesn't fumble Zeke. That's 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 a good point. That's a good point. The one guy that stands out to me here besides Zeke is Devon A-Chain. And I checked. I'm actually the lowest, shockingly, on A-Chain. <laughs> what am I doing? I got to move him up like two or three tiers here. I feel like A-Chain is, is especially if they don't have sign uh, Dalvin Cook, A-Chain really stands out here as a guy who could be much more much more valuable than any of the other guys in this tier. Yeah, he feels like a, you know, he's not going to get a lot of touches, but the touches he does get will be quite efficient and explosive in the Miami offense. The guys yeah. who stand out to me are, I mean, if I could draft one of these guys and I want upside, I'm probably getting Elijah Mitchell, right? I mean, Elijah Mitchell might be a flex play even with Christian McCaffrey healthy. Right, right. And if Christian McCaffrey goes out, Elijah Mitchell's immediately a top 10 guy. He's kind of like best of both worlds. Obviously, health is a huge concern, but... I mean, I don't think they're going to be giving Christian McCaffrey 25 touches a game. In fact, I think Phil, I feel like everybody in this tier is actually a little bit interesting. Kendra Miller is another interesting one for the Saints. We just don't know exactly what his role is going to be like, but especially if Kamara misses four to six games or whatever, whatever people are believing it's going to be, you know, he could come in and, and like take over in that backfield early on. So he's another guy that's very interesting. We should watch during preseason. Also, like, why do why are we no longer? What happened to Jarek McKinnon? We're just kind of out. So I think that the reality is no one knows to do with the Chiefs because everyone's kind of just <laughs> yeah. gun shy. It's it's like um, I don't know, like the beginning of the Kentucky Derby. You don't know who's going to end up where. It's like Pacheco is the leader, seventh round running back, but like not a pass catcher or at least not refined. Is that fair to say, DK? And meanwhile, McKinnon was the opposite of like he's like he's like Deshaun Livingston. It's like two knee reconstructions, but like on a short term basis, he can do everything. And McKinnon is like clearly receiving back and Pacheco could inherit that from him. Dude, I, the thing I keep wondering about is the biggest freaking value here. Clyde Edwards, Alaire. I know this is a guy. You I talk keep about coming back to Clyde sleeper. Too. At the end of the day, oh, wow. Jarek McKinnon, I love him and he's really fun. But. He's a good story. Jarek McKinnon, I, like I thought his career was going to be over. I mean, Jarek McKinnon missed. He signed a deal with the Niners. Jarek McKinnon straight up missed the entirety of 2018 and 2019. And then went to the Niners and played, you know, didn't do a ton. He had like 80 carries. So in three years, he had 80 carries. And then doesn't really do much for the Chiefs last in 2021. And then at 30 years old last year, just as like a top two running back for the final couple months. But at the end of the day, he's still going to be 31 this year. Again, functionally per touch, like the oldest running back in football. And then Pacheco, who's still a seventh rounder coming off two separate surgeries. I'm kind of like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is free. The siren song is playing again for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. <laughs> but he's like, this is a guy like, like I'm just saying, like if you look at like this list, like who could leap out? Clyde's the guy. And the other one, Roshan Johnson yeah. for the Bears. I think he's really good. He's like the opposite of a normal running back. He was like, what was he, DK? He was a quarterback in high school, and then Texas recruited him to be a running back, or they converted yeah. him or something. I believe I believe safety. when he came in, they had injuries at the running back position, and so he switched to running back, and he was pretty good right off the bat. Then they recruited Bijan Robinson to Texas. Right, exactly. Then they landed Bijan, and he was like, well, I guess I'm going to go back to the bench. Roshan's huge. He's really talented, didn't play a ton. But the things that rookies usually have to adjust to are like receiving and blocking. And Roshan's like really good at that stuff. Mm. And so he might be a running, the rare rookie running back that can kind of come out and maybe like, because Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman, that's not their specialty either. Right. Herbert, I think, really struggled in the passing game last year. So that that is, to me, where Roshan could really establish himself early on is like on passing downs. Um, and that also means you didn't have to get as much volume, you know? So 
he's definitely an interesting one, but again, that running back group is going to just be, the volume is going to be siphoned off by Justin Fields probably. So it kind of hurts anyone's value in that backfield. All right. Overall, to button all this up, generally, what do you, how do you guys feel about running back this year? Do you want like one and then you'll just scrounge for a second one, like as a starter? Or do you want to just grab two up top because you suddenly can get Josh Jacobs in like the second round or Derek, you know? I'm definitely not. I'm not grabbing one in the first round. I'm going to maybe grab a second rounder or third rounder. I'm going to get somebody in the Tony Pollard to, to Travis ETN range, a Pollard, a Ramondre Stevenson, a Najee, an ETN. And I'm going to wait again. And I'm going to get like a Cam Akers and a Miles Sanders. And I'm going to ride with that. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my gut too, Craig is a receiver or Kelsey in the first and then figure out some combination of running backs, you know, in the second, third, fourth, fifth or whatever. Um, there's a, there has been a lot of talk that there is no running back dead zone anymore because people are essentially taking a bunch of receivers earlier now and pushing all the running backs down. And so we'll see how the drafts all shake out, but that's like what's happening in, in best ball and things like that. Like receivers are just going quite a bit higher now. Are we close to the pivot? Is the pivot going to come back where it's like actually, you know, Austin Eckler is the, is the right pick. You should get a first round running back. Well, running the back, entire back, thing... Of course, the entire thing hinges on whether they're healthy or not. Because if, like, to be clear, if Eckler and McCaffrey like play seventeen games, they're probably the right pick. Correct. The entire reason we're ranking these other receivers is that I mean Jefferson's different, but like the main reason you're taking Jamar Chase over McCaffrey, if you are, is because Chase is historically a better bet to stay healthy than McCaffrey or Eckler. But if McCaffrey and Eckler are better, they're probably like a better fantasy pick if they're healthy. You just don't can't bet on that. It's also math. It's like. A running back's touching the ball ideally 400 times and a receiver like 150. You're more likely to get hurt because you're touching the ball twice as much. Yeah, and if you miss out on all the top wide receivers, you can still go get Tyler Lockett's and Mike Williams and they'll be just fine. You can't say the same for running back when you're trying to draft, you know, Khalil Herbert. That is not exactly a sure thing like that Tyler Lockett even is. All right, you guys want to do some emails? Yeah. Do it. Emails. Right, from Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> So we've been talking about pre-internet stuff, pre-internet bullshit, basically. This is from Patrick. I think the wildest part of the pre-internet era was how just absolutely okay we all were with just not knowing the answers to questions. <laughs> this, this is something that Craig has said a couple of times. This is so true. Like, And Patrick's like, if you recognize an actor as a guest star in a sitcom and you don't remember what their name is or who they're where they're from, you're like, oh, well, okay. And you're wondering, <laughs> what's the name of the first ACDC album? Tough luck. You might find out a year later. Who, yeah. It's like, who you trying to remember who had the most single season passing yards before Dan Marino? He's like, I don't Lucky if you even remember the question. Yeah. I, I would argue that that for parents, for dealing with you, your parents, it's actually that that was a better time than now. Because now, back in the day, if you're talking to your dad or your grandpa or something and they can't remember something, they just have to let it go and move on. Now <laughs> they pull out their phone and they go, wait, hey, Siri. Who is the lead actor in Criminal Minds? And you're like, Dad, it doesn't matter. This has nothing to do with the story. I actually think it was better back then. But this is like, <laughs> Craig's take his stories are worse now. Yeah, they are. <laughs> this, this is a Pete Holmes joke, the comedian. I don't know if you guys have ever seen his stand-up or his show, mm-hmm. uh, but it was like a joke about uh, Tom Petty. It was like, back in the day, you used to just walk down the street and you'd be like, where's Tom Petty from? And you'd be like, well, I'll never know. And then just like, a year later, you're at a party and somebody's like, oh, I, I grew up with Tom Petty in Florida. You're like, Florida! Tom Petty's from Florida! <laughs> well, it's the thing. It's like we used to look up to God and now we look down at our phones. 
Well, yeah, we have, there's no wow. sense of discovery anymore. Like his point was like the Tom Petty discovery actually like brings you joy. And now it's like you have such immediate gratification that like nothing gets you excited anymore. Patrick Seymour also mentions that you could buy encyclopedias, which is funny, but it reminded me of that Friends episode where Joey wants an encyclopedia to be smart, but he can't afford it. So he just gets the letter V and he starts trying to like start conversations about like volcanoes. <laughs> oh, man. Did you guys have encyclopedias when you were growing up? Was that that was absolutely not a thing anymore, right? Correct. Uh, Wikipedia, dude. The funniest era ever is when teachers were like, "No Wikipedia." Meanwhile, the bottom of a Wikipedia page just has art, like links to like all the best sources on the internet, and you're like, "It's a is- yeah, full reference page." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> now it's no AI. Yeah, it's like, guess what? They're going to end up using the AI. They're going to use the Wikipedia. I got spoiler. It's actually the teachers don't know how to handle Wikipedia. The teachers don't know how to handle the AI yet. The adults. Stories are worse uh, this, now. <laughs> this is from <laughs> That's Matthew. A good take. Matthew, talking about pre announced stuff. He says, You used to have to call the movie theater and listen oh as a my person God. read all the times that each movie was playing Holy during the weekend. Holy fuck, I forgot all right, about that, that. That's a really good one. That is a really good one. I totally have done that before and I had not thought about that for probably about 25 years. Holy shit, you call and listen to the movie times. <laughs> I even even I have like a, a vague memory of this really? thing. That was like, so th- this reminds me that's similar is like you call the, like for instance, I grew up in Bellingham, the Mount Baker snow line where it'd like tell you how many new inches of snow they got. And you'd like listen to the recording from every morning. It's like, man, you can just go on the internet now and look at the fucking website. It's crazy. All right, speaking no excitement of crazy, anymore. DK, we got a crate. We had a perfect one pre-internet era. Okay. Peter writes in to say that Pete. Pete. Twitter, Twitter or Twitter exit, whatever. We're gonna, I, I don't know what to call X. this thing anymore. Um, but obviously spreads things now. But pre-internet, DK, you're going to have to, we're going to lead on you for this one. Mm-hmm. The fact that every elementary school kid learned and believed that Marilyn Manson had his bottom ribs removed so he could perform fellatio on himself as yeah. just a nationwide game of telephone. We all told ourselves this was true. Is that not true? (laughs) No, it's not true. (laughs) I mean, that was 100% a thing I heard and believed. Is Uh, it not true that he got a rib removed to give himself fellatio? Or is it not true that (laughs) he got a rib removed? Can we get a rib count on Marilyn Manson? Uh, Yeah, this was 100% a thing, though. It was like an urban legend. So everyone just was like, this happened. This just got told yeah, to everybody. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It says that he denies having his ribs removed. stuff. <laughs> so we didn't get confirmation. Okay. What a weird rumor. Oh, oh my God. No, wait. I clicked on an article from The Sun, like the British newspaper, mm-hmm. but they're they're quoting Clickhole, like the onion, but they don't know it's <laughs> Clickhole. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Clickhole was awesome in its heyday. Clickhole, Clickhole had a story that said Marilyn Manson reveals he got all his ribs removed so he could suck someone else's penis. <laughs> and then the son reported it as true. Oh my God. Goodbye, everyone.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgambling.com help.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts, or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.